So I remember when my wife and I, Lauren, first were, well, I should say, I was already moved out here, but when I was moving her out here, so I've been out here for about a year. This was, I came in uh, May 2010, and we got married in April 2011, and that May, um, so we uh, got married, we honeymoon, Belize, all that good stuff, and then went back to Jacksonville, Florida, where we both grew up, loaded up the U-Haul, and we're, we're driving this way um, to Lubbock. And so it was about, a, it took us about three days the way we did it. It shouldn't take that long, but Florida is a long ways in case you didn't know that. And so we load up in the U-Haul and we're, hey Angel, I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm getting, I don't know if it's because that door's open. I feel like I'm getting, is it this monitor maybe? I don't know, maybe it's in my head, sorry. I hear people. <laughs> um, thanks, that, that feels a little bit better, I think, yeah. Maybe I'm talking too loud, I don't know. Um, anyways, we uh, were, driving this way, and I remember, so we, our second night we stayed in the Dallas area, and so the third day we're coming to Lubbock, and we had it planned out that we were gonna have some folks, um, actually Julia's older brother Trevor is one of the guys, some of the college students at that time were gonna help us move into our dorm. We had a third, not dorm, oh my gosh, sorry. We were not living in a dorm when we got married. <laughs> move into our apartment. We were on the third story of a Dakota Arms, or 182nd, anyways, and so, I remember as we're getting closer to Lubbock, um, my wife says, Brandon, I did not realize that Lubbock was big enough to have smog. Like, that is, that is crazy. Now, if you've been in Lubbock long enough, you know that was not smog. What was that? Yeah, it was dirt, dust. Some people say it was New Mexico, right? Like, like <laughs> and so we're driving, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to be, be a nice, good husband. I'm like, well, beautiful. Um, keep in mind, my wife had grown up in Florida her entire life. She was 25 at the time. We just got back from Belize, which is slightly beautiful. And so I said, well, um, it's actually not smog. That's, uh, that's dirt. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, like it gets really windy and there's a lot of dirt in the area. And so that's just dirt. And she's like, ew, gross. And so, um, anyways, we finally get to the apartment and to start to unload. So we're going, carrying all these, uh, all our furniture, or her furniture really, and her lots of clothes that she has. Though, boo, as you listen to this podcast, not too many clothes. Anyways, and so um, we're getting her upstairs, and it's gone now from just like there's some dirt in the air to it's, it's a dust storm. You know what I'm talking about? Like if, you, if you've not experienced one yet, if you're new to Lubbock, it's coming. I'm just warning you. It's coming. You're gonna wonder, where am I? Like I don't understand what's happening. And so anyways, uh, that happens, and then we went to, we wanted to tell the college students thank you, and so that helped us move up to the third floor, and so we took them, we gave a little bit of money, and then took them to a cup of yo on uh, Milwaukee. Anyway, so we get on there, the one down by Target and all that. So while we're eating, we realize it's starting to smell, it's kind of smoky, it's kind of like dry in the office, like, does anyone smell something a little smoky? <laughs> and, and uh, but this time it wasn't that someone had started a fake fire. No, across the street from where we were eating our yogurt, this huge grass fire over by Water Rampage, if, you, if you're from Lowe, you know what I'm talking about. This huge grass fire had, like, whatever, started. And so then it's kind of like, well, this is scary, let's just like leave, right? So we don't all burn and die. So we get back to the apartment, and I remember we walk upstairs, and my wife, who is, is now newly married, living in a brand new place, which y'all, we love Lubbock, but let's be honest, like moving from the beach in Jacksonville, Florida to Lubbock is a little bit of a shock factor, right? So thanks for being, you know, recognizing, being honest with me there. And there's a dirt storm, the grass field across where we're getting yogurt is on fire, so never seen that before, and and doesn't know it was so again, grew up, went to college where she had you know, grown up her entire life, so now she's moving from knowing everybody to knowing no one. So we get back up to that third 
uh, our third story apartment and not the dorm. And we get up there and I'm like, man, this has been a pretty good day. And we shut the door and she sits on the couch and she immediately, <laughs> and as a new husband, I'm like, I hate my life, right? <laughs> like, not that she's crying, but like, I am a complete jerk. Like, that's how I felt. Like, man, what a tool to bring her all the way out here. And I have no idea how to help. And it's really just like, you just, guys, for future reference, you just kind of put your arm around her and just say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love you. But here's, here's what was happening. And I mean this in a, in a real way. Um, I'm not just trying to be dramatic. I don't wanna over tell the story, but everything that she had known and like sensed as stable in her life was all going away, right? The people, the relationships that she had depended on and like could knew she could call, they'd be there in a heartbeat, are now seriously the halfway across the country. I don't know how many thousands of miles it is, but you can't just like, it's not a quick, like, I'll be over in 10 minutes. Like, hey, I'll be over in 25 hours if I don't stop for gas, right? Um, that was gone. New, new scenery, not sure what she's gonna do for a job. Everything she knew to be true and stable in her life was now being pulled out from underneath her. Probably there's some of y'all in the room right now that are especially fresh from maybe you're a transfer student, and you would, you would agree with that feeling. Maybe you haven't broke down and cried, which when the dust storm comes, you will cry. <laughs> but some of y'all, maybe you already, you already feel that way. It's not always just moving and being, being somewhere new, but that sense of stability being gone and everything you know being shaken and, and crumbling beneath you can be caused by a lot of things. Maybe it's, it's your family, that family dynamic that you always trusted and loved and knew, and now all of a sudden, that family dynamic is shifting, maybe because of divorce, or because of an argument, or maybe, man, I'm just talking with a sweet friend, maybe because like you lose a loved one, and all of a sudden that stability and family, like kind of rock that you knew to be true and to be there for you is now kind of crumbling beneath you. Maybe it's friends that you feel like they always had your back and they're always for you, and all of a sudden they're not for you, they're, they're against you, and you're going, what, what happened? I hate to say it, but the reality is, and if you haven't already experienced this, you will. Sometimes it's like people can change from semester to semester. You're like, what, what, what's going on here? <laughs> like, what, what happened? I thought we were tight. I thought there was a friendship. I thought there was some stability here. And now it's all kind of crumbling apart. Uh, I am definitely not a uh, psychiatrist or a uh, counselor, but I do know, partly because I, I sense this in my own life sometimes, that sometimes your own thoughts can make you feel like your world is crumbling. You with me on that? Like that's this whole idea of like anxiety and fear and worry. That sometimes you can just get in your head and you're like, I don't even know how I am anymore. Like, y'all with me? Am I? Am I? Yeah, I can make sure you're, like, you're crazy. Um, that's a real thing where you feel like, I don't, like I thought I knew who I was and what God had called me to do or like what I was doing with my life and now that all seems to be crumbling apart. How do you live a fearless life how do you crush anxiety, even when it feels like everything around you that used to be stable and a rock that you could plant your feet on, how do you, how do you live a fearless life? How do you live, how do you crush anxiety even when everything that you knew is crumbling right beneath your feet? When what you knew to be stable and true is now unstable and shaky? How do you continue to, to be fearless, 
not anxious, not full of worry. See, last week, if you were here, if you weren't, no big deal, we talked about this, kind of the, how future things can get us worried, right? When people ask questions like, so you ever plan to get married? And you're like, why are you asking me that, you weirdo, right? Um, like, we can get caught up in the future and, and worrying about where we're gonna land with our lives. That can cause fear, but sometimes fear, anxiety, worry is caused because where you're at is scary. Like, it's a present danger. <laughs> it feels very real that everything you knew is falling. So in the face of real and true difficulty and trouble that is present, how do you live fearless? How do you crush anxiety? The Bible teaches us it's not so much something that you do, it's more about who, who you're with. Turn with me to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. I say this often when we're, when we're in a psalm, but man, if, if you've never read the psalms, you, you need to dig into them because they are real, they are raw, and very honest and authentic. I think you'll find that you identify with them. Psalm 46. How do you crush anxiety when everything you've known to be true and good and faithful is falling apart beneath you? Verse one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That is a good verse. (laughs) I get that tatted on my back. I'm just kidding. I don't know why I said that. Sorry. That was was so weird. Sorry. (laughs) God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Refuge being a safe place you can hide in danger, a shelter in the danger, and our strength being he is your strength when you're facing danger. He's my shelter and he's my strength when I'm facing danger. A very present help in trouble. Not just the possibility of trouble, but while you're in the trouble, what a, like a almost old school, beautiful, simple way of saying it. He is a very present help. What does that mean? He's there all the time? Yeah, I think that's part of it. What else? Yes, sir. Tell me your name again. I met you a second ago. Marcelo. Is that right, Marcelo? Sweet. What you got? I'm sorry, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't catch that last part. Yeah, there's hope no matter what, right? Because it could, because why? What's about what does it say? Would you say key one? Because he got your back. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah. He got your back. Sorry, I just yelled in your face. <laughs> yeah, he's got your back. A very present help and trouble. It means not like, so here's what it means. I mean, like, you guys are, I think you're both right on it, but maybe to unpack that a little further, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, when you're in trouble, God's up in heaven, like, eh, looking at the angels, 
You think we should help him or <laughs> what you think? Like, uh, hey, did he do his devotional this morning? <laughs> no, he's a very present help and help. He is there. You can bank on it, right? You can count on it. Like, y'all, I'm cheer- I've been cheering for Tech football, cheering for Florida State football, and both of them let me down this weekend, right? Like, just epic fails. Like, man, super sad. That doesn't happen with God. It's not like, man, is he gonna show up? No, he is a very present help in trouble. You can bank on it, you can count on it, you can trust him. He is with you to help you. He's our refuge, he is our strength, a very present help in trouble. Some, some even um, say the very present idea is like well proved, meaning like he's, you can, you can count on him being there. And I'm trying to think, is there any, like, any example in the Bible where you could just say without question, God is for you and wants to rescue you. Something about a cross, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) The cross is proof that he is for me and that he wants to help me. Are you with me? A very present help in trouble. So, here's what David says. Therefore, so because God is my refuge, he's my strength, he is a very present help in trouble. Whatever I'm facing, therefore, so, we will not Fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. So even, he's like, it's, he's, for the sake of uh, impact, say literally, if the mountains were moved into the heart of the sea, which that would be quite terrifying, right? Like if you turn on like the news or you check, you guys don't turn on the news. You go on Instagram or Twitter and you're like, oh dang, the Rocky Mountains are in the Pacific. Like you would be scared, right? Like, like that would be something to consider. Even if the mountains are moved into the sea, he said, I ain't scared. <laughs> Why? What's it say? What's verse one say? Why? Come on, talk to me, help me. What? He's a refuge of strength, the very present help in trouble, Right? So even if the mountains are moved to the heart of the sea, even if its waters roar and foam, so this idea of they're threatening me, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, so even if the waters rise so high that the mountains themselves are scared of being drowned by the waters, he says, I'm not gonna fear because God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I'm not gonna be anxious, I'm not gonna worry, I'm not gonna fret. Notice, he's not denying that life is really, like bad things are happening, right? It's not like, don't, if I don't see it, it's not real. Like, no, he's like, acknowledging, yeah, this is bad. Like the earth as I know it, everything that I have known to be stable is now unstable. Everything that I've known that I can count on, like the mountains being where they're supposed to be, <laughs> even when all that goes away, I'm not gonna fear because I can trust God, I'm not gonna be anxious. I'm not gonna get all worked up and fret. Not because I'm awesome. Not because, well, actually, scientifically, what's going on here? No, like, not because I can explain it all, but because I know God is with me. It's interesting, you guys know people like this, that, or who, I should say, even in the midst of difficulty, even when, their life, as they know, is getting totally flipped upside down, whether that be, um, so maybe family issues, relationship issues, maybe they've been in this long relationship, now it's breaking up, or maybe it's 
um, job issues or school issues or health issues, whatever it is. Some of y'all know people, hopefully we all know people, that even despite all that, they seem to be a rock. They seem to be at peace. I talked to my brother-in-law uh, Saturday night, yeah, and he, he's, they're, him and my sister have great relationship, everything's good there, but he, with work, he's been recently going through a lot of stuff. I mean, he's just like, he did not seem discouraged, he did, he did not seem down, because he's got his eyes on Jesus, right? There's a certain peace that comes when you keep your eyes on Jesus, even in the middle of the storm. I think that's what these next few verses are kind of about. It's almost, it feels like he totally transports us to this other place, and that's because when, even in the middle of a storm and difficulty when life, as you know, is falling apart, when your eyes are on Jesus, it's almost like you can live in this different kind of peace. It's not like crazy denying reality, like psycho. It's just, it's just that you have an inner peace. Listen to this, verse four. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. So even when, when everything else is falling apart and shaky and unstable, in this place, there's stability. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. I, I think what the psalmist is giving us here is a picture of what life is like even in a storm if you realize that God is your refuge. So that even if everything else around me is shaking and falling apart and unstable, if my refuge is God, it's as though I'm at peace and unmovable. We, uh, near Jacksonville, Florida, there's the oldest city in the States, uh, St. Augustine, and there's a fort there. Um, it's built you know, hundreds of years ago and, and still strong and steady. I can't remember the name of the fort. My wife would be embarrassed for me. Um, because she's like a history buff for St. Augustine. Anyways, it's, it's strong, strong and secure. It's right on the edge of the water, but it's strong and secure and safe. So even when hurricanes have come up there and the wind and the waters have risen, that fort has stayed secure and lasted all these hundreds of years. It is a refuge, a hiding place, even in the midst of the storm. It is a fortress. And that's, that's what it's like when you realize God is your refuge and strength, that even when the, the waters rise and the world around you is falling apart, you can be at peace and at ease because you have a hiding place. It's kind of like in, which we don't have like harsh winters in Lubbock, but in, in the winter when there's like maybe a really icy day and it's freezing outside and the ice is falling and the roads are dangerous and then you get back to, you know, I know this is not quite the same, but your dorm or your apartment or your house or whatever and you get there you can finally take a deep breath, right? Because you have a refuge, a hiding place from the difficulty, from the elements. I love this next verse, verse six. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter up and down. There's, un, there's uh, instability and in what's gonna happen with the kingdoms. Yet he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I love this. So the nations rage and scream and there's, there's difficulty, there's strife, there's fighting back and forth. They scream, the Lord just whispers and the earth melts. It's this picture of as human beings, we can be as loud and, and uh, difficult, maybe even seem as ferocious as we possibly can, but we have zero power compared to the Lord. We can rage and nothing happens and the Lord just whispers and earth 
melts before him. This picture of here's all this calamity and instability and struggle and uncertainty and not knowing what's gonna happen because everything I thought was stable is now unstable. And God's saying, there's nothing to me. I can whisper and your problems, your struggles, the difficulty can melt away. He goes back to this idea, verse seven, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I'm not gonna fear, I'm not gonna be afraid, I'm not gonna freak out, I'm not gonna stress, I'm not gonna be anxious because the Lord, the Lord is with me. This idea that nothing stands before him, that nothing can withstand him is in verse eight. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. The, the picture here is that the Lord brings an end to the strife, to the war. Whether that's literal, whether there's something going on in your own heart, in your head, of the struggle, and the, sorry, the anxiety, the worry, the stress, the fear, it says that he can bring that to nothing. And the idea, of, I love this, the idea that he burns the chariots with fire, the idea, so the, um, some translations say wagons, these chariots, the wagons would bring the materials, the weapons for a war and it's saying the enemy can't even, bring, can't even bring the weapons or the materials they need for war. Like he's that overpowering, that overshadowing, that overcoming, that he says, hey, they're not even gonna be able to even stir up a fight against you because I'm, I'm just gonna destroy all their weapons. <laughs> He's that much in control. He's that powerful that nothing can stand before him, nothing can stop him. So even when everything else is shaking around me, he is a rock. How can I live a fearless life even when everything I've known to be stable is now crumbling beneath me? How can I crush anxiety even when all I, I thought was, was reliable is crumbling? It's by knowing that the almighty God, the ultimate warrior is our fortress and our refuge and he is with us. He is with us. Y'all with me? You with me? You don't have to say amen. You can just shake your head or something. Yeah, amen's cool too though. <laughs> I remember, I guess this was two Christmases ago, something like that. Um, we were at this little amusement park in Valdosta, Georgia, nothing like Six Flags, but it's still pretty cool for Val, little Valdosta, Georgia. And uh, walking along there, it was uh, where, where my siblings and I are rarely all together because my older sister, her family live in Arkansas. Uh, younger sister, her family live in Tennessee. My parents live in Florida and we're out here. So don't get together a whole lot. Um, but that Christmas, we got to spend some time together and went to this little amusement park. And we're walking around. And uh, Andrew, my older sister's youngest kid, who at the time, I think he was about four or so, um, was walking along. And he had kind of gotten a little bit up in front of his parents walking along. And um, he came upon something that scared him to death. And uh, Rylan, if you've got that first picture of Andrew, I think it just helps to see the little guy. There's Andrew. What a little guy. He's a little, I think in this picture, he's a little older than he was at the time, but he's a cute little bro. Um, anyway, I think, yeah, so you can kind of get the, we have another picture I'll show in a second, but not yet. But uh, we're walking along, like I said, and Andrew, who thought he was experiencing like a normal day, and he's like, they have some uh, like petting zoos uh, at, the, at the place. He's seen animals and stuff, but he's walking along, 
And all of a sudden, he didn't realize he is in uh, like this fake dinosaur area. And there's this massive T-Rex that's like looking over the sidewalk. So Andrew's walking along, he looks up and he's like, <laughs> immediately starts kind of walking the other way. And he, he, he seriously wouldn't go past the little dinosaur, which me and Lauren are like, hey, Andrew, you okay, buddy? Like, it's not real. And he's like, I ain't walking past that dinosaur, right? He seriously was scared to death so, to the point of almost kind of like, hey, you need to calm down, bro. Like, it's, it's, it's not real, right? But the problem was, to him, it was real. <laughs> and he's not seen anything like this before. Like, again, what he thought was normalcy and walking around an amusement park, is he's now terrified, right? Like, this is not a cool place. Something really cool happened. My brother-in-law, uh, who is about 6'4", 6'5", I think, and he, he's a beast of a man. Like, I remember the first time that I met him and uh, my sister was like, yeah, we're pretty serious. I think this could really go somewhere. I'm like, I wanna meet him and tell him what's up. You know, I'm like, the bro thing. And I'm meeting him like, hey, what's your name? <laughs> like, like super intimidated by this huge guy. So he's one of the like, most kindest gentlemen. I mean, he, is, he, could, he could hurt you. And so Chris, uh, is his name, he comes up, he picks up Andrew, and Im- something immediately changed in Andrew when Chris picked him up. Uh, he immediately became calmer. Chris picked him up and he walked over to this dinosaur and Chris started talking trash to the dinosaur, which is really, which is really funny to see. He's like, dinosaur, you want some of this? Like, we're not scared of you. And Andrew, we're talking in, in seconds, went from terrified and anxious and fearful to kind of laughing, kind of giddy. And, and next thing I know, Chris, which is funny to watch because this you know, six foot four man, huge man going, Argh. he's like growling, he's growling at the T-Rex. Well, well, guess what Andrew started to do? <laughs> we, have, we have another picture just to get the effect. This was, this was actually at Halloween, but that's, uh, that's, uh, that's Andrew. That's Andrew when he knows his dad is with him. <laughs> he, it was the coolest thing because he really, he went from fearful, anxious, worried, I'm not gonna, I, I can't get past this moment, <laughs> I can't walk past this dinosaur, to I ain't scared of you, come at me, bro. <laughs> All because he knew his hero was with him. Everything changes when you know your hero is with you. When you know that God is your refuge and strength and that he is for you, not against you, you don't have to fear when something kind of seems to come out of nowhere and is intimidating you. You don't have to fear when the world as you know it is beginning to crumble because your hero who is good and who is for you and holds the world in his hands, he is with you. I want us to come back. I intentionally held off on this verse. I think, I think that's the, the big idea of this passage, that, he, that he's with you. God's with you. But I think verse... 10 is the application. So if we could just like do a little Bible study here for a second. There's the truth, but then application is like, so what do I do with this truth, right? It's good to embrace the truth, but often there's something God wants us to do and he's trying to help again because God cares about you. And like he, he really does want you to have like a fruitful life. He come, came to give you life and give you abundant life, right? Um, and so he, he cares about your life. So he does want things 
to change and he wants to give you direction on how to live it. So because of the truth that, man, I don't have to fear, I don't have to live in anxiety or worry, even when everything seems to be crumbling around me because God is with me, here's the application. Verse 10. Notice it's in quotes because God's interrupting here. (laughs) Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Again, there's that theme. He's with us. He's our fortress. He's our refuge. Would you guys agree that probably the reason most of us are always filled with anxiety and worry and fear and stressed out. It's because we're not still. You can't fix your eyes on your hero and rest in him and know that he's good if you're always running from thing to thing and worried about this and worried about that. Like, he's saying, shh, be still and know that I am God. So much worry and stress and fear is caused because we're so busy, we don't have time to sit down and remember who God is and that nothing we face is too big for him. Be still, set your eyes on him. When you do that, it's like you're setting an anchor down. It's like you're, you're running to your fortress. You're setting your eyes on your rock, on your foundation. So even when everything else sways, man, I'm good because I got my eyes on Jesus. Yes, the world is crumbling around me, but he's the ultimate rock, so I'm not gonna fear. Because you can't get to that point. You can't crush anxiety if you're always running around and never have time to sit and spend time with God. You ever, sometimes you talk to people like that, right? Where they're distressed and you wanna tell them like, shh, like, hey, Let's go watch a movie or something, right? Like, like just stop freaking out. (laughs) Breathe. That's what God's saying. I got this. So lean into me. All of us crave, we crave to know that we are not alone. I think... Again, kind of adding to that, that what causes stress, anxiety, fear, worry. Part of it is the fear that I'm gonna have to face whatever it is totally alone. Y'all with me? Like, that's scary. That I'm, I'm gonna have to go through whatever situation, whatever storm, and be completely alone. I think that's why there's this old... I said, oh, it's not that old. Older love song that resonates so well with us. Partly because it's just a good tune. It's fun to sing and get into and be all sappy and stuff. I think it's because we want to know that we're not alone. I'm not gonna sing to you. When the night has come, <laughs> and by the way, I hope as I'm reading this, I hope that you realize like he just straight up Benny King, whatever his name is, straight up ripped off Psalm 46, okay? 
when the night has come and the land is dark and the moon is the only light we'll see, I won't be afraid. No, I won't be afraid just as long as you stand, stand by me. I'm gonna skip the old darling stuff. <laughs> if the sky that we look upon, that we, is always there, we, we think it's like a stable thing in our life, even if it should tumble and fall, or the mountains should crumble to the sea, <laughs> I won't cry. I won't cry. I won't shed a tear just as long as you stand. Stand by me. Y'all, God Almighty, the King of the universe, who holds the world in his hands, who also gave his life for you on a cross, is standing with you. What have I to dread? What have I to fear when the King of Kings is with me? See, everything changes when you know your hero is with you. I'm gonna pray in a moment and then we're gonna have a chance to respond as we sing. And some are like, man, I don't, I don't love to sing. Maybe you just, you need to sit in your chair or stand up and just, and just talk with God. I said, Lord, help me to fix my eyes on you. Teach me to be still, even in the storm, even in the craziness. Teach me to fix my eyes on you, to set an anchor down and lean into you, to be still. Maybe as we sing, you just need to rejoice in the words of these songs. Some of you may, may be going, man, I've been talking about the gospel some and I, I don't know what it means to follow Jesus. Man, I would love to talk with you afterwards. I know for a fact your Connect Group host would love to talk with you in your group or after your group. So please know that that's, that's something you can do, we want you to do. But let's just take this opportunity as we sing in a second just to fix our eyes on him and remember that he is with us even in the storm. I wanna pray for us and then we're gonna sing a little bit. Jesus, thank you so much for your word that you're with us, that you're for us and that even when all else is falling apart and crumbling, God, you are a firm rock, a firm foundation. That even when the sky is tumbling and crumbling, that you are with us and you are for us, God. So Lord, help us to begin to crush anxiety, to crush fear, to live fearless lives as we know that you are our refuge and our fortress. A very present help in trouble. You, Lord, are our cornerstone, our rock. So God, help us as we sing to meet with you and to rejoice in that truth. And maybe even just to be still and set our eyes on you. If y'all would, y'all stand and sing with us.